Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. Hello, everybody. This is Wandering in the Word for Sunday, September 4th. It's Labor Day weekend, end of the summer. Everyone's going to wow. be gone. We'll be here. We'll, we'll be, be here. doing worship as usual, 9.30 on Sunday. Reading yeah. a delightful set of lectionary texts. Super easy. Yeah. Super great. Um, yeah. Jesus kind of lays it on the line here, I feel like. It's kind of like the... for uh, him. Yeah, he <laughs> never kidding. never does that. It's kind of like the, uh, the, the side effects warning of a medicine mm. or something, maybe. Like, mm. it, there, there's some stuff to do here. But yeah. uh, anyway, well... Since rather than just beating around the bush, let's dive into the Gospel of Luke. We didn't decide who was going to read. Do you want to read it, Melissa? Sure, oh, I great. can. Great. Thank you, mm-hmm. Melissa. Yep. Uh, Luke chapter 14, verses 25 to 33. Now large crowds were traveling with him, and he turned and said to them, Whoever comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even life itself cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry the cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not first sit down and estimate the cost to see whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it will begin to ridicule him, saying, This fellow began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to wage war against another king, will not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000. If he cannot, then, while the other is still far away, he sends a delegation and says and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, none of you can become my disciple if you do not give up all your possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Evangelism 101. (laughs) Yes. How to... Lay it on the line. How to get people to come hang out with you. Give up all your stuff. Um. Yeah, this is uh, maybe kind of controversial. I think Mm -hmm. um, right off the bat, he opens his mouth in verse 26 and is like, whoever comes and doesn't hate their loved ones can't be my disciple. I think people got to be like... What? Mm-hmm. Even yeah. our people today in the pews. Yeah. What? I mean, if, if we literally made this like in the Constitution, as like this is <laughs> huh? what it means to be a member yeah. of yeah. of the church. You have to hate your spouse and your children and give up all your stuff. Yeah. We annual meeting quorum would be a lot smaller. I reckon. We would not yeah. have much of a congregation. No. no. So I you mean, think that is what Jesus was trying to do? Is like the congregation is too big. You <laughs> You know, in the context of this story, part of me wonders is because it says in verse twenty-five, large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and I, I kind of wonder, like, if he, you know, in some point of frustration or just like reality check, is looking at all these people who are just kind of like along for the ride, right? It's just like kind of a almost like a party atmosphere. What's his? Who's he going to heal next? Like, what what amazing thing is he going to do? Who's he going to argue with? And make stupid looks yeah. look stupid yeah, right. in the Pharisees and all these things. It was just like a show almost. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus kind of turns around at one point and kind of you know uses some brute words to be like, "Listen, you don't get it. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, like if you don't hate 
you know, everything about your life and give it all up and let go and be willing to take up your cross, which he hasn't taken up his cross yet. So this has to be sound kind of weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People are like, wait, what? Where'd the cross come from? Yeah. Like, what does that well, have to do with Maybe Jesus? he's mentioned it a couple times. But, you know, if you don't, if you're not serious about this, like, turn around and go home. Mm-hmm. Like, this, this mission is not for you. Um, and then he, then he kind of gives these examples. Like, you know, if you're not, if you haven't considered the cost of what it's going to take. Yeah. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he gives those kind of weird examples on the one hand, like, of building and going to war. Um, but... But, you know, if you haven't counted the cost of what this is going to do, mm-hmm. like, you know, turn around and go back or you're going to look foolish. And um, I imagine that after this, some of them might have been like, yeah, he's right. I'm yeah. not. <laughs> oh, dang. No, I'm not in. I'm out. It's a, I mean, because that is a big commitment. What bigger commitment could there possibly be than to hate mm-hmm. or, as you said, like, let go of yeah. your relationships, your things, even your life, yeah. um, which Jesus is going to do. Um, that's, that's all in. And, you know, even, even today, I, maybe most of our large crowds of Christians wouldn't be in for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's some days I don't know if I would be, you know, I mean, um, this is a hard, I I do like, yeah, that note about what I think we could also understand that word hate is let go of. Mm. Um, you know, and that does kind of change the emotion of of yeah. this. Let go of your relationships and your identities and, um, you know, let go of your wealth and your possessions and follow me. You know, it's like, it's still really hard, mm-hmm. but it, <laughs> it does change the uh, feel of it a little bit. But yeah, still. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the cost of discipleship, that's like a phrase that we hear, right? Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a very well-known book about it, World War II era, um, that we we know at least like intellectually there's a cost to discipleship. But in the first century, like that was a very like imminent part of following Jesus, I would would think for a lot of these folks, even if it wasn't at the moment. But like until... Constantine said, "Oh, Christianity is okay, and in fact, that's going to be the religion of the empire." Yeah, there was this was kind of a small, oppressed, powerless group, mm-hmm. um, and then once it became the religion of the empire, it was sort of like domesticated. Um, suddenly, the cost of discipleship was not so in your face, and everything got a lot easier, mm-hmm. a lot more comfortable. Maybe the commitment was just not so hard to make, and I feel like we we kind of struggle in that in that situation because that's where we are today it's very easy to be christian where we live and it's very i don't know you don't we don't pay the cost of discipleship every day in our setting that is very true yeah yeah it's um yeah the i think there are a lot of good comparisons when when the christianity just kind of comes the norm or the yeah. ex- almost the, the cultural expectation, which it has been in mm. in our country for a long time. We we get lazy and we just assume yes. people are just gonna mm. know about Jesus and come yeah. to church and and then I think we kind of you know push back against that in, in ways that just really aren't helpful by you know expecting the culture to be Christian when mm. we as the church struggle to <laughs> be Christian and understand yeah. what that means and we get mad at you know the the culture or the whatever groups that people want to paint 
you know, well, it's, well, it's your fault that church is going down. And it's like, no, like, yeah, it's the church. It's the church's fault. hundred percent. You cannot put that blame anywhere else. Um, mm-hmm. uh, if, if more of us were willing to read these words and, um, love neighbor, neighbor, give up possessions, you know, be free of, of, um, the, all of the, the burdens of this life and serve the church would be in a different place, but we aren't. No. And that's hard words for us to hear mm-hmm. as leaders of a church. Yeah, truly. <laughs> um, but that's not where our hope is found, right? And it, we don't we don't get much gospel, I think, necessarily in this text per se. Not no. a lot, no. But when we zoom out a little bit from Luke and we realize, you know, that, yeah, we, we are hopeless on our own. We can't give up our stuff. We can't... Um, you know, take up our cross perfectly and follow <laughs> Jesus. Is it like self-preservation is like biologically in us as creatures? Yeah. Like we're fighting that. So it's kind of a uphill battle. It is. I, and there's a tension with the, like the reality we live. Like, so should we really give up all of our stuff, get rid of all of our retirement funds, go and live broke on the street? <laughs> I'd say and, no. Is that <laughs> helpful? Intense. Probably Very not. Very intense. Um, and I, I don't think that's unchristian or unfaithful, right. but that is intention. Then, when we hear these words of "give up all your mm-hmm. stuff," it's like, ah, can I? It is like it's the letting go thing, though. Like, are we going <clears> to <throat> cling so tightly um, that we can't possibly like reach out a hand to our neighbor because we're so busy clinging to our stuff? Mm-hmm. Or can we hold it? Yeah. Can we hold our stuff, um, knowing that this is an important part of how we are in the world, but it's not the most important part, and that if if something would happen, that we need to set it down. For God or neighbor, or, or for the sake of the gospel, that we, we would, we could, but maybe not as like an everyday way of life. Yeah, that is a good illustration, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think in Buddhism, which came after Jesus' words here of letting go, you know, they they harp a lot on that a lot about the letting go of your mind and your possessions and impermanence and these kinds of ideas, which is nothing new. Jesus talks about it even here. Letting you know. go of your mind, I think I've done that. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes, <laughs> yeah, you just move. That's probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I love that image of like holding your stuff more with open hands than mm-hmm. clenched fists. Yeah, because is that where we want to spend our energy? Is yeah. like just clinging so tightly to what makes us comfortable and seemingly secure. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's very true. So, well, so we're talking about life and clinging to things, and then we have Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Yeah. Is there some gospel in here? Or? Um, no. Let's find out. Okay, here we go. Deuteronomy <laughs> chapter 30, verses 15 through 20. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, death and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I'm commanding you today, by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, Then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give to your ancestors, 
to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. Well. Well, if there's one thing I can recall from uh, Martin Luther's teachings, there's more than one. I would say one important thing. When you're trying to distinguish between law and gospel, if it if it's set up in an if then, that is not gospel. Yeah, <laughs> that that's is true. law. <laughs> if you do this, then God will do this. Um, that is not gospel. So I don't put that out. Yes. Right, like we're hunting for good news and grace here. This may or may not be it. <laughs> may or may, yeah, because there's a but in there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's an if then. But if you do this, well then. This will happen. Wah wah, bad news. Yeah. Well, it sounds so easy. I mean, the opening line just says, right. I, I set before you life and prosperity or death and adversity. <laughs> Which one do you right. want? It's like, oh, well, yeah. that sounds like an easy choice. The red pill or the blue pill? Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> door one or door two? Door one or door two. And it's like, well, obviously I want life. Yeah, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't Everybody want wants prosperity. That. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that isn't always how it works so i don't know how do we read this text that's tricky it is tricky um and god is serious (laughs) he's calling heaven and earth to witness against you people today and you know i think there's an understanding here that obviously if this were easy god would not have to be giving this lecture um that this is this is something that is Oh, certainly not as simple as we would love to make it as we yeah. sort of adopt this passage for our own lives and try to apply it. Yikes. Yeah, well, you know, it's a great needle point to put on the wall. Choose <laughs> life so that you and your descendants may live, you know. Yeah, um, yeah I so choose this, life. Yeah, so this is the other the other part of, of Lutheran theology is that, um, yeah, we have choices, but we also know we say as part of our confession that we are in bondage to sin um that every time we have a choice to make (laughs) we choose wrong (laughs) because we you know have our bound wills um to sin and so it's maybe not a fair choice it's not the same as saying like do you want um ham or turkey on your sandwich this is like (laughs) Choose the wrong one like, and you'll die. We are predisposed to make the wrong choice over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll take a lot of grace and strength and perseverance to keep to keep yearning and striving for what God desires for us, which is life and prosperity in spite of ourselves. Yeah. Well, it is, I mean, it's just going to fit in with, like, you know, Luther talking about, you know, the first commandment, you know, of, which is to, like, Know, honor, you know, love the Lord your God, right? It, even in here it says, you know, some do not uh, be led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them. Well, I think it's so easy for us. We're like, well, obviously, we're, there's only yeah. one God. I don't have any. We don't have any other gods. We're like, there's so many gods mm-hmm. in, you know, lowercase g gods, mm. from money to guns to cars to boats to like status status mm-hmm. and identity to uh, mm-hmm. political parties like political figures i mean like there's so many people that we look to to save us mm-hmm. and you know that we essentially bow down and worship to it's, yeah. it happens today too it's not just an right. israelite problem five thousand years ago <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 
not just having like little gold statues tucked away in your <laughs> house. It's right. It's far much more than that. that. Um, so yeah, like choosing life is Gosh, it's like, not as simple. No, <laughs> like there's a ton of discernment that has to go into that because no one. I mean, obviously, no one thousands and thousands of years ago could say, and that's what that will this will look like in 2022 in Minot, North Dakota. Nobody, nobody yeah. ever could have done that. And so through the ages, people have to keep on praying and listening and reading and um, discerning, like, what does that mean? And are the choices I'm making contributing toward life for me and my descendants? Or not for the good of the world. Yeah. 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 So like today I had a, a, Denise and I had a meeting with our financial planner. That sounds so fun. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Money is not my cup of tea at all. But you know, like, like I was thinking about like the stock market and like, where is it you put your investments to hopefully make the best benefit for not just yourself, but like for the world we live in, like, you know, investing it's so complicated. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. there's no such thing as just like a clear-cut company that you invest in hardly anymore. You're investing in, like, mutual funds, and it's like, well, what? I don't know. I get bogged down in the ethics of that pretty quick. What, mm-hmm. Is it supporting things that are encouraging life and, you know, saving the, the environment that we <laughs> we live in and the, 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 the world we live? And choosing life is not simple. Um... Should we just give up? <laughs> just kidding. Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> I mean, I feel like sometimes you can get to that point. It's where, very overwhelming. Um, to start to be hopeless, but that's not a faithful response either. That if we continue to place our hope where it belongs in God, who continues to act and intervene in ways that we may or may not um, perceive, you know, then there there is hope, and that we can't give up, and that we have to keep. Just doing what we can, when yeah. we can, where we can, um, to to promote life for our neighbors in the world. Do what you can with what you have, where you're at. Yeah. Well, I, I do think we use Luther a lot, but like Luther we talked about the Lutheran law, <laughs> the law being that which like crushes us, mm. you know, and you know also then reveals our need of a savior that yeah. we are helpless right you know? and these texts do that to me like pretty effectively like, pretty yeah. effectively just smash me down and then yeah it's like well then where is our hope mm-hmm. let's uh, count me out it's not here <laughs> yeah. nope not me yeah. uh it's not any of these other lowercase gods it right. is like the god that offers us life and that um that Jesus, first created it the first created it, it and um and it is hard mm-hmm. and um in the midst of that like difficulty though there is like true joy is found and true life is found and um, true love is found in the ability to let go and um, you know then we, we catch hold in a glimpse of life that truly is life you know but that's hard it's yeah. not always easy to see through through the reeds but I don't know Melissa we've talked a lot how about you yeah, you have but, just been soaking it in. So enthralling, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. What, what does this have to do with kids? <sighs> you know, 
kids never have to make choices. No, so. no, you just decide for them. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but we turn our kids yeah. out into the world. <laughs> this is something that Travis and I say to our kids sometimes. We're like, okay, bye, make good choices. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a real thing, and uh, I hope we've equipped them mm-hmm. and sort of them. to make some good choices. But boy, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is a kind of a beautiful way of thinking about how God looks at us. <laughs> sends yeah. us out every morning. Okay, oh, go make yeah. the choices, and then you don't. And, yeah. You know, as a loving parent, you go. I wish you hadn't done that. Yep. Yeah. But I'm, what did we learn? What did we learn? <laughs> What's a better What's a better choice you could have made in that situation? Yes, and uh, hopefully we do learn and grow, because mm-hmm. that's how life works. But uh, the love never stops. Mm. So, Truly. anyways, well, this has been fun. <laughs> I think you're ready to write a sermon. <laughs> yes. Uh, any closing thoughts here? No. No. All right. Well. A lot to think about this week in these texts. Um, We're glad that you all could join us for our Wandering in the Word for September 4th, 2022. Uh, For Melissa, Pastor Brandy, and myself, uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 